0: Park Hopping Podcast number 50.
1: Celebrating 10 years of posting Disney stuff on the internet, this is
0: another crappy podcast production. Hi there, this is Alan of DisneyFans.com, and this is the Park Hopping Podcast show number 50, the podcast that proves that anyone can have their own podcast. Just ask my friend Troy Rudder at RuddersRamblings.com. Previously on the Park Hopping Podcast, we spent some time talking about Epcot's mission Space Attraction and discussing why it's pretty much a modern-day sequel to that 1970s classic Mission to Mars. Today we're going to actually... Do some park hopping, this time back out west to Disneyland where the original Mission to Mars uh, first opened in like 1975 or something. You go back and listen to that show if you want to hear more about that. Um, today we're going to be hanging out in Tomorrowland a bit longer as we visit another attraction that is now only viewable in Yesterland. Though not at Yesterland.com. He doesn't have a page for it yet. Uh, but first a bit of digressing. I figure I might as well get it out of the way uh, right up front. One of the great things about the subscription technology behind podcasting is that it frees listeners from having to tune in on a to a certain channel at a certain time on a certain day to get the content that they want. Up until um, the invention of video recorders, you either watched or listened to the program the same time as everybody else, or you didn't watch it. Now, this actually had some advantages. I grew up with only three network TV stations and a PBS affiliate in Houston, Texas. Other than the local radio stations and a couple of UHF TV channels, I think there was two of them, most of the content we saw was being seen by everyone else in America at the same time, when you adjusting for time zones, of course. The next day at school, we'd all talk about what we saw the Fonz do on Happy Days or, uh, you know, Mork for Mork or whatever. Television was a shared experience, much like radio was before it. In the early days of radio and TV, back when programs were broadcast live, it was even more of a timely event because you were actually watching or listening to the program as it was actually being made. Now times have changed, and uh, the days of sitting around listening to the radio um, got replaced by nights of sitting in front of the TV, which was eventually replaced by dozens and then hundreds of competing channels of content. When all you had was NBC, CBS, and ABC, the odds were you could probably find someone who'd watch the same show you did last night. Um, once cable and satellite TV became very common, the viewing audience of uh, individual shows on individual networks got smaller and smaller, uh, somewhat compensated for the increase in television and homes. Um, I remember reading something about a short-lived sci-fi series called Automan that was on network TV. It was kind of a TV ripoff of the movie Tron. So There's a Disney connection there. And in its day, it didn't do very well. But today, the producer says if it had numbers like that with the fragmented audience, it would be considered a smash hit. Kind of strange how times change. Well, I'm just a few years shy of 40, so I'm old enough to remember having just one TV in the house. And if something I wanted to watch came on at the same time as something my parents wanted to watch on another channel, I usually didn't get to watch it. Unless I whined a lot. And once VCR started allowing us to time-shift programs that we wanted to see... We, uh, we got to take a step forward with our viewing freedom. Um, we, we could watch one show while our video servant recorded another, and then we could watch it later. And this started uh, home video collections of our favorite shows, which today you can buy pretty much anything on DVD. I guess somebody finally realized there was a market for stuff we could get for free. And eventually early adopters of things like TiVo changed their viewing habits completely. For instance, I really don't know what day, time, or channel my favorite TV programs are on. I just told the TiVo to record housed or scrubs or or whatever. And when I check my box, I usually have something there waiting for me to watch whenever I feel like it. And and podcasting kind of has done that for audio content and uh, sort of video as well. There's there's a lot of video content coming out, but in both cases, the content usually comes off sounding like some amateur college radio station or a cable access TV program. But you can't beat the price, and podcasting helps prove we'll put up with a lot of crap if it's free crap. This seems to happen a lot these days. I mean, you can illegally download pretty much any movie you want and watch it in some low-resolution, grainy format... And people do it, even though they'd probably never spend a cent to buy anything at such poor quality. But I digress, and you already knew that. The magic of podcasting is that there is absolutely no reason for any kind of set schedule. A show doesn't have to be precisely 30 minutes long, less commercials, and be published at 7 p.m. on Thursdays. We get to make our show longer if we need to, or shorter if we only have a quick update. And while I personally wish more podcasts were on the quick update side of the fence, the reality is that many of the podcasts I used to listen to have just kept getting longer and longer and longer, some even passing the two-hour mark regularly. And I I pretty much don't listen to them anymore for that reason. But my iTunes still downloads every new episode, so whenever I have some time or I want to listen to it, it's there waiting for me. And that's, that's a really wonderful thing. So... You know, I still subscribe even if I don't get to listen very often or at all. Um, anyway, I've, I've, I've been very glad to take advantage of all this flexibility. Um, there's been many times when I've posted multiple shows in a week, and then there's other times when I've been lucky to get one show out in a month. But it's really helped keep this from feeling like work or some obligation. If I was charging a subscription fee to listen to me ramble, then sure, I'd probably have more of an obligation to stick to some kind of schedule. Um, And if I was charging per episode, I'd probably have a reason to put out more shows. But I don't. And once again, even with only about 2,600 downloads of this podcast in a week, and that's after months of hardly posting anything, I think it still proves that we'll put up with a lot of crap if it's free crap. So thank you for putting up with my crap, I guess is what I'm saying. Um, And as long as this is fun, I plan to keep doing it. And as long as I don't feel like it's work or effort or an obligation, it'll probably remain fun. And I'm about to test this theory. If everything works out, I'll be doing a new bi-weekly podcast starting in January for a Toyota promotion. And um, they want me to put in some video shows as well, so I'll be doing that. And I'm getting paid for it. So if sticking to a schedule and receiving a paycheck doesn't make podcasting feel like work, I I don't know what will. So um, since this will become a priority, uh, I may have less time to work on my Just for Fun podcasts. Or maybe I'll be in front of the microphone more often with everything all hooked up, and I'll decide to do more shows. We'll we'll see how it goes. So stay subscribed and treat every episode as a pleasant surprise. And when I do flood your iPod with six episodes in a week, just remember, you can listen to them any time you want on your own schedule. So quit whining. And that's why I love podcasting. So what's this have to do with Disney? Well, today, since I... uh, don't have a reliable schedule, maybe you won't be too surprised when, instead of finishing up my October Disney World report like I promised, I'll ignore that and play some audio instead. During my recent Disney World visit, I realized how much it changed since 1999. There's several things that I recorded back then that are now gone, and that makes them good prime candidates for a park hopping podcast episode. But... While going through some of my video recently for my 3D Disneyland podcast, I realized I have a few more things from that park that have also gone away in the past year or so. Since I didn't get out to Disneyland at all this year, um, which is kind of a bummer, uh, I I thought this would be a nice way for me to revisit a memory, and since it's something that's no longer there, it's going to be a memory for you too, assuming you ever saw it in the first place. Sometimes it's hard for me to understand why somebody would listen to me play audio if they can actually just go hear it firsthand, I, I used to think that most people listening to these podcasts were people that couldn't get to Disneyland, but it turns out most of the people I hear from actually go to the park pretty regularly, so you know, that's great. Anyway, let's uh, talk about the show topic today. Um, we're in Tomorrowland, and Disneyland's Tomorrowland opened with the park in 1955. Um, it got redone in 1967 as part of a new Tomorrowland project. And one of the things that was added at that time was a stage that rose up from below ground. It was called the Coca-Cola Tomorrowland Terrace. It was a pretty big deal back then. Uh, Even my local Des Moines, Iowa theme park, Adventureland, has its own version of a stage that raises from below ground level, though the quality of the karaoke singers they put on that stage are probably not on the caliber of some of the big expensive productions Disneyland has done on their stage over the years. Now, when Tomorrowland got redone in 1998 and became the new New Tomorrowland, the stage was rethemed and all the retro 60s and 70s future white decorations. Um, they were replaced by a new golden stage that contained several uh, clever tributes to past Tomorrowland attractions. You could find a small model of the House of the Future, for instance, and this stage eventually became a Buzz Lightyear show in 2001. Uh, That's a date according to DLDhistory.com And that show entertained guests until it closed um, last year, early 2005 Now I'm a little foggy on this Although I was going to the park regularly during those years I'm not sure what they were doing on that stage Between the time that it was white and the time that it was Buzz Lightyear So if somebody wants to send me a note of their own recollections Of what else was on that stage, I'd appreciate it I, I couldn't find anything over on my usual suspect sites I look for for Disneyland history Now, this show featured Starla, a human Star Command trainee, and a group of those little green men that worship the Claw, and they were teaching the children how to be proper space rangers. Uh, Eventually, Buzz Lightyear shows up, um, walk-around character there, and in typical Disney fashion, something goes terribly wrong when the evil Zerg makes an appearance and tries to ruin all of our fun. Now, I recorded this show in digital video on December 15th, 2001, and I later recorded it in 3D on October, October, no, no, August, on August 29th of 2004. The normal version was available on a home video DVD I put together, and earlier this year someone picked up a copy from me and they mentioned that it was a slightly different version of the show, or at least the choreography had changed somewhat. Now I never realized this, seeing the show probably only two times. But I guess it makes sense that the shows would evolve over time somewhat. So today we're going to take a step back to the opening year, I believe, of this now-gone stage show and listen to Calling All Space Scouts at the Club Buzz Stage at Disneyland's Tomorrowland. So, uh, have fun. I'm sitting kind of off to the side, so, uh, I think we'll get a good view.
1: The Club Buzz. It is my pleasure to introduce to you a very special guest coming to you straight from Star Command Space Predict Starlight.
2: to you straight from Star Command to help find some great new Space Scout recruits. Does anybody out there want to be Space Scout? Oh, I'll
3: it. i what? 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 I want to be Space Scouts.
2: Oh. Well, I appreciate your enthusiasm, but I was talking about them.
3: We like them. Oh, yeah. Me too.
2: I think we're going to find lots of great space guests today! I don't
3: oh, I up, huh? Recruits? Recruits, welcome
2: to Club Buzz! No, the so coolest hangout in the galaxy, that. devoted to the greatest heroes the universe has ever known! <laughs> oh, yeah. Here at Club Buzz, we collect all the mementos that Buzz brings back from his incredible adventures in space, and... We get a first look at what the little green men have been working on.
3: Oh, say fellas, what's this? Well this is an invention in progress. A planet prevails.
2: I see, well now what does it do? It instantly measures
3: the size of a planet. Well, Buzz Lightyear
2: will be very impressed. Oh, but right now, he's busy battling evil Emperor Zerg!
3: Zerg.
2: <laughs> yes, he is. Well, and if you haven't already noticed, these artifacts in our collection are pieces that Buzz has confiscated from Zerg, the obliterature of them. Oh, no. Oh, and what is this doing out in the open? Ooh, the nighty
3: night.
2: Yes, Sark's most diabolical invention yet. But nighty night. You know, this really shouldn't be out here because if this gets stuck to the back of a Space oh. Ranger's uniform, it instantly puts that ranger into a deep sleep. Oh, anyway, enough about Zerg. Time to get down to business and find some new space scouts. Now, the first thing you need to know is the official Star Command greeting. To infinity! And beyond! That's right! Now, it's very important for you all to know this greeting, too, because... It drives, sir, crazy! So pay close attention and do what I do, okay? Okay! 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 Okay, here we go. Cross your heart with hope. Stomp your feet for freedom. And salute to justice! To infinity! And beyond! Are you ready to stand up and try it with me, everybody? Yeah, you think you can do it? Okay, everybody, stand up, here we go. All right, now, on the count of three, are you ready? One, two, three. Two. Two. Santa, I bet he can arrange something. How do you do it? How do you do it with him? I'm a camera fan! Somebody or something is arriving through the interplanetary portal! Oh, I knew that. Oh, oh, this is so exciting! Oh, oh, it's all big stars! Okay, okay. That's the picture.
4: Buzz Lightyear mission log. Return from Modern 6 successful. Mission accomplished.
2: Say, what do you got there, Buzz? That? Yeah.
4: Inside that container is. I've finally defeated Evil for good. Here, have a look. to worry about. Because of these victorious hands, I hold the source of Zerg's evil life force. This is the dark and devious out How did you finally capture Zerg? Okay. Here's how it went down. A distress signal comes into Star Command from a peaceful little planet called Ye Deep in the Delta. A very vague message, but it was clear. The Yee Notions needed help. What, but
2: uh, is this the latest NQ4 music player?
4: Yeah? Well, I don't know, Starlight. Found it in Zerg's possession and brought it back here for an Oh, but you
2: know, I I didn't even know these things were out yet. These have uh, Telepathic tuning, oh, mini moon mixers, oh, and radiation deltas.
4: Anyway, the Delta's border, I'm immediately met by fleets and fleets of Xerox Hornet ships. So I zap them all, boom, 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 and beeline for a When I get there, I find all these innocent Yenobians working like dogs to construct massive windowless metal buildings. They Exactly, Starla. Zerg had enslaved the entire population of g to help him build weapon factories. Around
3: us. Around.
4: There was no turning around for me at that point. So I find Zerg and I yell, Zerg! He was very surprised to hear my voice. Under violation of Star Command Code 657 by 96 subsection of I hold you under arrest for enslavement, don't be without a property, and possession of you, boy. The Zerg Tenshrad through in says, you're through now, right here. Yes, Starlet, that's exactly what he said. That was very good. Your proficiency in the art of mimicry is commendable. But he was so mistaken because I loved him, and I stopped him, and I made him cry for his mama. Guys, turn around! Look behind you guys. You're in trouble! Morning, turn around and behind you! And that, my friends, is why we never have to worry about Zurg again. Oh no! Night right here!
3: This is
4: no time for sleeping!
3: We need you. Mm-hmm. Boys, come on. <laughs> we need your
1: help with <laughs> I you. tricked you again. Our battle was so easy because I wanted him to capture me. And I wanted him to find the NQ4 player because I knew he'd bring him back here. Yeah. He's so predictable. And you, you're so under my control.
3: Mission work, boys, done! Uh, You will never get
1: away with this, sir. Oh, I will, little ones. And I am.
3: See, boss failed to realize that my NQ4
1: player has hypnotic powers. And now, this lovely space cadet is going to help me carry out my evil plans. Starting with stealing back all my evil weapons, I miss my toys? No, no. I'll just gather my things. we an end to Buzz Lightyear. Like, and on my evil way. Help us,
3: Starla, we need you. Let's play
1: a little whack-a-troll, shall we? Oh. Using the <laughs> obliterator. Oh, no, Starla. No, Starla. There's no crazy. use. A space ranger might be able to resist the hypnotic powers of the engine four player. Space ranger? <laughs> You're a space kid at night, Has no chance. Over time! Evil down! Over i
4: Dream bit soon. Back to life. And took over Club Buns. Oh, it wasn't a dream, Buns. We're like a dream.
2: You use your ranger
4: ray on it. I can't do this, darling. No. Not safe. Too many civilians for that. Wait them, Zeric. It's me. I had
1: an So
4: You're so
3: foolish. <laughs>
4: I've like burners so I can get over to it. All right, everybody, we need your help. Do you remember the
2: official Star Command greeting I talked to earlier? We need to do it.
4: In Remember, sir. Evil is never
1: witnessed. Curse your heart.
4: Oh. I I just love hearing you yeah. say. All right, gee, we're guys, give yourselves
3: a hand, everybody.
4: And as for you guys. Now without your help, without your belief in hope, freedom, and justice, I could not have escaped Zurg's grasp. So as a result of your heroic efforts, I officially proclaim you all space scouts! Wow. Congratulations! found an opportunity to be a hero today, Starawa, and you took it! Space Ranger. What
3: really? Space,
4: a real space ranger? Yes, you have
2: heard it. Well, I turned briefly and I saved the
4: stripes today. So from now on, remember, as up-and-coming space rangers, it's important for you to be smart, kind, and brave. To infinity
3: and beyond!
0: I want a fast pass too, although I'm not really sure Star Tours ever needed one. Uh, but I digress. Well, that was fun, and if I have time, I may put out a follow-up episode with the 2004 version and perhaps talk through the, the, uh, the show as we listen to it and describe what was going on. But something tells me that even though this show did run for several years, uh, right up until Buzz Lightyear got his own ride instead, um, it probably isn't anything that folks really miss and would like to hear a whole series of podcasts on. But what do you think? Give me a call at 206-2030-227, and let me know if you want more Club Buzz. Uh, Frankly, I'm ready to move on to something else, but I wouldn't mind doing a narrated uh, version of this, because it's kind of hard to picture what's going on when you're just listening to characters on a soundtrack. So, coming up, more stuff from Walt Disney World, and if there's interest, some audio from Universal Studios, uh, Universal's Isle of Adventure... And even SeaWorld that I recorded during a recent trip I made the first part of December. I was actually uh, there briefly, and it was my first visit to Orlando since 1999, not counting the two-day work trip I made in October, which I've been talking about for uh, months now. And, And I tried very hard to get caught up with all the changes that had happened in the last seven years. It was a real hectic visit. And I still missed a ton of things, but I did get to meet up very briefly with St. Chris from New Jersey. If you remember, he's the guy who has the unfortunate experience of having this show, Park Hopping Podcast, be the very first podcast he ever listened to. And we're still friends. So it looks like uh, St. Chris and I are actually going to be working together on a different type of podcast project in the near future. If only there were more hours in the day. Well, in case I don't talk to you before then, Merry Christmas, Happy New Year, and all of that, and I hope you enjoyed this park hop out to Disneyland. There'll be more coming up as soon as I uh, figure out when. So the next time you're there, be sure to take an extra picture, shoot some extra video, because you really never know when something you like, love, or hate is going to go away and never be around again. Sometimes a show becomes a ride, that's a good thing. And on that note, I think that'll do it for me this time. So be sure to visit DisneyFans.com, where you can browse around 35,000 digital pictures I've taken at Disneyland, Disney World, and other theme parks across the country, as well as dozens of downloadable video files from the Disney parks here in America. And as soon as I find the time, I'll have another 10,000 Orlando theme park photos, mostly from Disney World, to add to that collection. I can hardly wait for all the sorting. And if you want to drop me a note, my email address when it's working is podcast at disneyfans.com. And if you'd rather use the telephone, you can dial 206-2030-ACP. That's for another crappy podcast. Again, that's 206-2030-227. And just leave me a voicemail. This has been the Park Hopping Podcast, show number 50, calling all Space Scouts. Hey, thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time. Another crappy podcast production. Be sure to visit anothercrappypodcast.com to learn more about this and other equally exciting hmm, podcasts.